from Tom Tech and Lo-Fi Arts, this is Story Hacker, with an XR at the end, exploring the art of emerging technologies. Visit tomtechblog.com. Welcome to the first episode of Story Hacker, with an XR at the end. Story Hacker profiles people we find doing interesting things at the leading edge of technology. We made it as a platform to share successes, failure, advice and thoughts as these new art forms develop. I'm James. And I'm Chris. If you've got a project you'd like to share, an idea you'd like to spread, get in touch and join us on here. Visit tomtechblog.com. James, for this first episode, you went to the beach with Annette Mays from the Royal Opera House. It feels so unnatural. So weird, isn't it? Because will... I want to respond, but I'm not. I'm just going to read my bit. Annette has an illustrious career creating interactive theatre and now heads up audience labs at the Royal Opera House. On one of the hottest days of the year, she insisted we meet on the beach. So please enjoy the rich sound of pebbles underfoot and the occasional seagull. So I do a little intro. Yeah, I mean, I think you should because otherwise this, this sign doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, so we're here on Brighton Beach on uh, yet another beautiful sunny day in Brighton. Uh, joined today by Annette, who is the head of audience labs at uh, the Royal Opera House, no less. So thanks for coming down. What a great day to be on the beach. I know I could only get you if you uh, agreed <laughs> that we'd done this on the beach, so that's okay. It's pretty good. Annette, let's start at the beginning. What's your, um, how did you get to the Opera House? It's a new role for you. You've just started it quite recently, haven't you? So I've just started the Opera House about six months ago, setting up this new department called Audience Labs, uh, whose remit is to really look at creating new experiences for new audiences uh, using new technology. So anything from VR, AR, um, immersive sound, 3D projection mapping, anything that feels like rich enough to capture ballet and opera, um, but using these new technologies to leave the theatre and get out into the world. So I started six months ago and my background really is as a theatre director. Originally I trained uh, in what was called video art back then in uh, the Netherlands where I'm from uh, but really randomly um, the house I lived in uh, in Amsterdam was one was at that point the hacking center of the Netherlands so I was surrounded by people uh, this is the mid 90s mid to late 90s and I was surrounded by people really trying to use this sort of emergent web to change how things were organized, change how things were made. So I was always really inspired by tech as this sort of magical tool to reshape the world. Um, can't code, never got away with any skills, <laughs> but got away with the mindset of it. Um, so when I moved to London, I ended up in theater, which I just loved making more than anything else. Uh, so grew up in that. But as someone who came out of film, for me, the liveness of it was such a big part and the idea that the audience was there and that um, there was a shared experience that people came together for, which is so different from pre-recorded media. So started playing around really early on with uh, first round sound, can the audience be part of a world? And then quite quickly with interactivity and the audience being part of something. This is sort of the early 2000s and there was interactive theatre around but it was often very 
twee, I think is the word that I would stick on it. It felt very forced, very uh-huh. like, hey, come on and engage with us, um, which I'm not a natural engager, so uh, not liking that, I wanted to really explore if there was a way to make work in which the audience was really meaningfully interacting with the narrative and being part of it and what that might look like. Um, one of the very first big things I did was a Shakespeare's Globe with 40 actors over a day, which was a massive installation that you could interact with. And I got to do a lot of interactive direction with great, great actors. Um, and at that time, I also met uh, what became my fellow artistic directors of Coney. Um, we just, they really, had just gotten a challenge set by BAC and the National Theatre Studio to create a narrative, a pre-existing narrative in which the audience had meaningful agency. Uh, That became a small town anywhere. I was brought on board to do the the in-theatre direction Um, and then Tassos, who was my uh, co-director, really looked at the out-of-theatre direction. So we already were using digital. This is at that point quite exciting like characters would email you which is now such old hat but then was felt really exciting and we were really thinking about expanding the theatrical space and what it means for an audience to be primed and part of something uh, how to expand the story space and I think during the making of that show Coney became a theatre company and the four of us so that was Tom Bytel, Tasso Stevens, Gary Campbell and I uh, became what we called runners which were artistic directors in essence of this newly fledged company um, so I was with them for almost a decade made so much work and always was really interested in that crossover between audience agency, the live, and how digital could facilitate that. So I did everything from a massive installation in Kensington Palace, which was there for two years, to a a project I led on with Tom, uh, in which we had a live interactive show in a space while simultaneously was live broadcasts online and both audiences could. play around with the narrative, played a role in it, could affect it. So for me, it was always about technology, making it possible to have a different relationship with your audience. And from there, really, as technology then developed and stepping away from very simple email and sort of the very basic AI that was around like 10 years ago, VR came around um, and I started playing around with it, not really making work in it uh, yet, but really being interested in what that meant. And and it felt like a new stage where the skill set we'd build up was really relevant. Because it is, it's it's storytelling in the round, it's being in it, and that sort of immersive theatre strand, that scene that I was part of, and the way they were thinking about audience and agency and immersion, I think is so relevant to the technology that's coming up right now. So I left about two and a half years ago, did a creative fellowship with Wide Magazine and The Space, which really gave me a chance to delve deeper into technology and away from uh, making work that 
yes, use technology, but in essence was created to be experienced live and in a space to more hybrid experiences and experiences that could be as much driven by technology as they were driven by the live. That's about two and a half years ago. And then this job came up at the Royal Opera House, um, who are, again, setting up this very new department. It's a new chapter, and it felt like a really exciting place to explore what's possible. The Opera House is a, you know, a stalwart of our cultural history in this country, and it's perfectly fine on its own without playing around in this way or uh, setting up a lab programme. So, do you have an idea of where that thought came from that resulted in your new department? Well, I think, so the Opera House is currently going through a massive rethinking of itself. So it's building a new front of house. It's opening at the end of this year to really open up the building and uh, allow more people to use it throughout the day in lots of different ways. Um, and with that, there has been a real um, philosophical questioning about how do we open up on all levels, physically, so space-wise, but also how do we open up the art forms, how do we open up who is on our stages, in our audiences, how do people encounter it, um, what's possible. They've always been super active in outreach, they've got a massive learning and participation department, and it's an expansion of, of that heritage of going out. Um, that's been taken to the next level right now in loads of different ways in the building. Story hacker with an XR at the end. Visit tomtechblog.com. Do you want to tell us? I mean, it's early days for Audience Labs, so I'm not expecting a polished, uh, finite <laughs> mission statement here. Do you want to give us a direction of travel? Do you have an idea for the sort mm. of all the questions you're looking to answer? It is very early days. So the thing that we're trying to set up right now is uh, a department that uh, does three things really. It wants to make beautiful and epic experiences outside of the Opera House. So the Opera House has been there for got 400 years, give or take, um, and it's done beautiful and epic work. I often talk about the idea that opera and ballet have more in common with myth and legend than they do with novels or cinema. They are big narratives with big music, with big emotions, and they're sort of timeless in that sense. They are really about the human condition. Um, so the first strand is about how do we take these really big, voluptuous, epic art forms and how do they translate onto these new stages, which is how I think about new technology. They just offer new stages to make work on. You know, an opera often talks about, it was often talked about as a Gesamtkunstwerk, which just translates <laughs> as total artwork, uh, but German. And it feels like, if you look at VR and sort of immersive technology, it has that, it has that multi-layering of music with visuals, with emotion, with storytelling. And that feels very present in both those art forms. So it feels like now immersive technology is getting to a level of maturity that we can really start playing with it. it feel, they feel like really good art forms to start playing around with it. So the idea is that we'll do 
projects that take the building stones and the tradition and the heritage of opera and ballet, but remake that to fit those new stages, to reach audiences that are attracted to the stages rather than maybe the stage in Covent Garden. So we, we want to make projects. But next to that, we also recognize that, that these art forms, these stages are very nascent. Nobody really knows how to make something that is perfect and epic and beautiful. So we want to develop a program of innovation labs where we bring together opera and ballet artists with technology talent and artists from outside of our art forms to collaborate and co-create to really figure out new forms of vocabulary, what works, what's exciting, uh, what's technologically possible, how to twist things so that they become unexpected and theatrical. So there's a big question from our point of view is when does it become theatrical? When do these places, these new stages feel heightened and theatrical in a way that opera and ballet do? And then thirdly, we really want to share that knowledge. So if we do create this place of experimentation and innovation, learning should ensue. Um, and we really want to host discussions around it, share what we are doing, um, be in dialogue with other people that are experimenting in different places, um, because we feel that although there is a lot of dialogue in the industry, I think more is more there. I think there's a lot of experimentation between closed door and we really want to make sure that if the Royal Opera House experiments, it's not just for itself, but it's for a wider creative industry. That's the plan. <laughs> it's really exciting. Uh, it was very nice of you to invite me up to uh, your salon a couple of weeks ago. As you were starting your thinking or working your way through your thinking, that was a very uh, inclusive and friendly room of people that are not who I expected to meet when I went to the Opera House, which is quite nice. <laughs> More broadly, what, I mean, you've talked a bit about the stages, and the, treating these new technologies like VR as stages, but why are we messing around in that world? You know, we're live storytellers and we live in this world that focuses on live events and the sanctity of the shared experience in that way. Are we just misguided to be playing around in this world? <laughs> well, obviously, I think not. Um, I think it's not about uh, replacing the life experience because we do that as well. This is not about at one point replacing the Royal Opera House and how it functions and that amazing, amazing building where you can go and, and just be hit by the music. It's about recognizing that there are new stages, there are these new cultural spaces that we can occupy. And look, brands are doing it, Hollywood is doing it. I really strongly believe that the arts community and for me particularly with my expertise I can really see what the theatre community has to offer these spaces. I think for me it's about expanding the places in which we do things. It's it's an expansion of, of where we apply our skills, an expansion of how we talk to our audiences. It's, you know, you used to have in Grecian times you had these big open-air theatres and then at one point they became closed theatres and then we went out into public squares again and we've always found different places to make work. Um, when cinema first emerged, theatre makers had a big, big role in exploring how it could go beyond filming a train coming into a station. Um, 
and for me it's that it's about being relevant remaining relevant finding new stages taking the talent that is in our industry and and finding places for them to make work that moves people I completely agree. <laughs> That's exactly That's where we're good. going with it. I think there's something around the skill set of theatre makers. We sort of touched on there that beyond their own artistry and their own production cycles and what they're trying to deliver, the ability of theatre makers to work in these mediums is just a mm. given. It's just such a gift. If you've directed enough shows, there's a way of thinking, a way of approaching storytelling, a, pro a way of approaching the call and response of a live audience. It's the way of not having close-ups. Um, it's a way of storytelling that maps really well on these new technologies, I think. So, so for me, it's just common sense that if you're good <laughs> at something that is emergent, jump on it, Stick play it. with it. I think the big challenge for theatre makers is to find and understand other people's different way of working. We're quite precious in theatre that we follow our own very clear structure of yeah. getting something to stage. Can you share some insight on uh, that sort of flexibility that's required if you're working? Again, I think theatre makers are well placed because they already work interdisciplinary in the sense that you have set designers and composers and actors and you know you already have an interdisciplinary team. It's just that we're used to working with interdisciplinary teams that work the same that in the same way we do and have the same sense of when what happens at what point in production processes. So I think one of the things I've learned is that you need to spend some time in the beginning if you're working with new, in essence, new creative teams where people have different vocabularies and different expectations. So I like to work really inclusively and very um, broadly, very much in the beginning where, where we co-design things like goals and what we want to achieve, but also really talk about what's important about the show, which things we want to land, which things are more important than other things. We'll all make, you know, compromises during whatever creative process. So it's, I think it's being transparent about that and creating a little bit of time where the team can gel and create a shared vocabulary, which probably is outside of everyone's vocabulary. So I, I like very clear, clean language. I like asking people to bring something in that they feel is relevant creatively for the show. And it... Beach buggies. Beach buggies. <laughs> so I like to ask people to bring in examples that they think are interesting creatively, whether that's technically creatively or narratively creatively, and show that to each other and share so that you really invest in creating a shared enthusiasm and a shared vocabulary and a very clear sense of what I call the kernel of the show, like what's at the heart of everything, what's what's the reason why something would be in or out or have a priority or non, not a priority because once you have that in very clear simple language you can keep referring back to that you can keep referring back why certain choices are made why sometimes one discipline is favored over another discipline because just in this moment that's serving the kernel better you know the examples give a do you remember that thing that James brought in on the first day? Do you remember that moment where that happened? That's the thing I'm after. I think it's, it's just about that. It's about creating cohesion in communication and trying to avoid clashes. I think very early on I learned that 
finished means something very different in theatre than it means in technology. <laughs> uh, testing means something very different. Play means something very different. So it's just about acknowledging that and creating a bit of space to create cohesion and shared enthusiasm and a shared path. I think that's why I think theatre makers are so good at interdisciplinary work because they already do that. It's just that there is more possibility for um, incomprehension or deviant uh, interpretations of what we're talking about if you're bringing people in from different industries. Great. Well, look, um, we're desperate to get our feet wet in the sea, so I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Annette Mays. Thanks to her for a wonderful day talking all things immersive. Yeah, that's great. Good interview, James. That's going to sound like sarcastic. <laughs> you can find Annette on Twitter at Annette Mays, and that's M-E-E-S. And that was Story Hacker. Thanks for listening to our first episode. Good things come to those who share, so let us know what you thought and what you'd like to hear on the podcast. Please like and subscribe. We'll publish a new episode every fortnight. If you've got a project to share or an idea you'd like to spread, to get in touch and join us for a chat. You can get me on email at james at theoldmarket.com or follow us on Twitter at tomtech underscore or use the hashtag storyhacker. It's got an XR at the end. That's it from us. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Do you want to try one a bit slower? Yeah. Or lower? From, sorry. Stra- no, it doesn't need to You mean lower. straighter? No, you mean stra- no, no, no. I'll butch no, it. No, no, I'll no. butch. Don't you worry. You don't need to butch it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Just sending you a tweet. That's going in. <laughs>